1: Welcome to our weekly classified Gray man Intelligence audio brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Gray Man Briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. Alright Wes, take it away.
0: Alright, thanks David. So we'll get right into the brief. From the Gray Man Briefing, this is a weekly recap of news and developments for your situational awareness. As always, with the bottom line up front. Alright, so we're packing in the last two weeks of news and intel. This is going to cover the period of time from December 21st until January 3rd. Hope everyone's starting their new year off well. Let's get right into it. Alright, so let's talk about two major stories. Southwest Airlines and that severe winter weather we had. If you flew on Southwest, you already know. So many flights were canceled. Uh, the Monday before last, they canceled 48% of their flights. Um, the next day, they canceled another 16% or rescheduled. Um, even when they said they were back up and running, it was only at a third capacity. Uh, people were stuck at terminals for days, um, just kind of waiting out to see if their flights were going to get picked back up or not. Um, if you were flying or if you plan on flying in the future, uh, if you've got somewhere to be, don't try to fly the day before. Carry stuff with you. Uh, what I'm saying is don't put it all in your checked luggage. Have extra changes of clothes with you, toothbrush, extra food and water, because you had so many people that were stuck at the airports that, you know, there there wasn't enough, um, service as far as food and, and restaurants and things to pick up, um... People even had trouble looking for looking for food to, to get by for a couple of days. People are still missing their baggage. Um, people haven't been refunded yet for their canceled flights. Um, Southwest has been sued because of not issuing refunds. Um, just make some plans if you're flying to have some redundancies in place. And then the, the weather, especially in Buffalo, we had about 40 people reported killed uh, due to weather-related incidents just in Buffalo alone. Another a total of 60 plus nationwide from the weather issues people were stuck in you know target stores and gas stations the 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 storms came the the snow came and they just couldn't get out Um, doors just covered in snow so if you can you can look at social media at that time period and there's so many people just like yep been here at at target for 12 hours now it it hit people hard and of course it it brought about travel bans and stuff we'll talk about later as far as curfews go but it just kind of goes to tell you keep an eye on the weather, keep an eye on you know, travel issues, and, and make plans to be able to circumvent and survive issues like that. So we'll, we'll move into infrastructure here, going forward with the weather-related issues. Uh, the week of Christmas, we had about 1.7 million people on the East Coast alone that were without power due to winter weather. Um, The Southeast had about 700,000 people without power. New England itself had around 400,000. The South region had about 400,000. The Mid-Atlantic had more than 200,000 people without power. Make alternative plans, have alternative plans for staying warm. If that means just a lot of blankets, if it means taking some steps to to have a a wood burning stove, some sort of furnace, pellet burning, something put in your house so you have that alternative means of staying warm. Uh, The grid operator, PJM Interconnection LLC, they declared a stage two emergency Christmas week for electrical infrastructure spanning, they're spanning the area of Illinois to New New Jersey. PJM covers or provides energy for about 65 million people. And some of those people opted into the the grid emergency response system. So those that opted into it fall under that stage two emergency and they were requested to reduce their energy consumption. It's basically an an order since they somehow or another opted into it. So imagine it being that cold and you being ordered to reduce energy. And this this stage two was declared because if they didn't do it and they weren't able to reduce that load, Um, then there would have been even more power outages and separately in Washington State uh, Puget Sound Energy and Tacoma Public Utilities um, they both had electrical substations attacked Um, at least two were in Tacoma and one was in Puget Um, so in all three attacks it was only intentional damage that was reported there wasn't any larcenies or anything else it was the the attacks were Damage-based vandalism resulted in a loss of, at first, I think, of 7,000 sustained. But at one point, um, more than 14,000 people lost power after those substation attacks. Puget also recently revealed that two of their other substations had been attacked in November. And finally, a little bit later, a fourth attack was was reported to Puget. To one of their substations, and in that event, it was a fire that was set to the units. So the substation attacks are still ongoing. You know, this was right around Christmas time when this went out. So let's move into our supply chain briefing. The Federal Bureau of Investigation released a cybersecurity advisory. Uh, this is also along with the Food and Drug Administration um, and the Office of Criminal Investigations, uh, which is a part of the FDA. It also came out through the USDA. So kind of interesting, you're seeing a cybersecurity advisory come out from these groups, so here's what happened. The advisory warned of recently, uh, this is quote, recently observed incidences of criminal actors using business email compromise, or that's BEC, to steal shipments of food products and ingredients valued at hundreds of thousands of dollars, end quote. So the bulletin advised that 2.1 billion dollars was lost due to similar employee tactics in 2021. Uh, criminal actors are now targeting the food and agricultural industry by spoofing emails and uh, of course domain names as well to impersonate employees of legitimate companies to fraudulently order food products sugar and powdered milk are apparently the the main types of food products they're targeting at least in multiple occasions it's been sugar and powdered milk um, but also other food products Um, so yeah So uh, moving on, let's talk about food and inflation. So inflation, at least over 2021, is up far more than 7%, but food prices, they've gone up way more than 10%. So this is outpacing just your standard inflation. Uh, Agricultural advocates project an increase in supply chain shortages in 2023, saying, quote, we're going to have an increase in our food prices at the grocery store, end quote. So the USDA said that in quote 2023, all food prices are predicted to increase between 3.5 and 4.5 percent uh, for food at home prices, and their or correction for food at home prices they're predicted to increase three to four percent, and for food away from home prices like restaurants and stuff they're going to go up four to five percent. So that's a end quote uh, kind of jammed that one up for you, but I got all the quotes in there for you. The USDA is also um, estimating that the end of year data for 2022 will show grocery prices with an increase between 11 to 12%. So this year, food, this year-end food price has also increased for about eight different food categories, and it's predicted an increase between 14 to 15 percent for 2022 for poultry, a 49 percent increase for eggs for 2022, and an 8 percent increase uh, for fresh vegetables in 2022 and 19% increase for cooking oils and 13.5% increase for baked goods, like bread, muffins, things like that for 2022. So there's a lot at play here for why food prices are going up. I mean, of course you've had some fertilizer disruptions, some fuel shortages, weather conditions, uh, but really from what we're seeing, it's it's all about these, these interest rates. Uh, the Federal Reserve interest rate has hiked um, a lot in this past year. And why does that matter? The, the agricultural industry, they take out a lot of loans to help get through certain segments of their uh, their, their harvest and their seasonal uh, their seasonal time frames. So last year, so in 2022, they charged or had so many loans that they actually had interest charges of 26.5 billion dollars. So 26 billion in just interest charges. Thanks, in part, largely to the Federal Reserve's interest hikes. Um, so that's $26 billion in interest rates in 2022, and that's a 32% increase from 2021. Um, so even if they did take a few more loans and ha- have a little bit more interest, the the interest hikes themselves have at least a- affected 20, 27% uh, of that increase in prices that they're gonna to have to pass on to the customers. And the reserve is expected to keep doing similar hike, hikes like this, or at least it's supposed to not stabilize out for another year and a half. So you're not gonna get any sort of relief on food prices for more than a year. So it's a good idea to kind of talk about food readiness. Um, usually we stick to just news and intel, but I'm, I'll give you a quick rundown of uh, some tips for you. So cycle stored foods into your meals. Rotate in new shelf-stable foods to replace what you've eaten. Spend an extra $5 or so every grocery trip um, towards sustainability, like buy an extra can of of vegetable soup, buy a bag of rice. Um, So I'll give you five quick tips here for food readiness just to kind of be more secure in being able to provide food for you and your family. Uh, So number one, know the shelf life of foods. Use expiration and sell-by dates as part of your organizational plan, research each item to see how long it will last past that best Buy date. So, you like for instance, white rice will last four years after expiration if it's stored properly. Um, so, know how long it lasts after what they're saying that it it lasts for, um, and write write the throwaway date on the product. So. If you forget, you know how long rice may last after it says it's good for. Just go ahead and write write the actual date that it should be thrown away on there. So if your rice is supposed to expire in 2026 uh, on January 2026, just go ahead and write January 2030 as when you're supposed to throw it away. For example, uh, number two, stock what you and your family actually eat. So don't buy a bunch of undesirable foods that you're not. You're not going to eat you know because odds are not odds are especially in our time frame but i would usually say like you're probably not going to need this food to like survive like some massive events not about to happen but uh the last thing you want is for nothing to happen and you've got all this extra food that you were only going to eat if the world ended uh, so now you're going to th- toss it away so buy foods you're actually going to eat Um, but you can make some adjustments especially when it when it's about like trying to buy foods that last longer like maybe you and your family just don't like beans oh beans store for a while so maybe stock a couple of beans uh, just because they have such good long uh, storage life number three rotate your food stock into your pantry this means eat what you stock buy buy more and replenish it rotate it out number four know and use various storage methods so know about canning water bathing pressurizing pickling vacuum sealing freeze drying dehydrating store like using storage totes and containers Uh, food grade buckets and mylar bags how to seal them and how to store research the best way to store the type of foods you have because not all foods are stored the same way but usually it's it's pretty safe to say you put it in the vacuum sealed bag store it in a cool dry place away from sunlight Um, you'll be pretty good Um, And finally, number five, learn to garden. Incorporate it into your food plan. Initially, it can be difficult to develop a sustainable garden. So research, read, and get knowledgeable, get knowledge from local sources. So you can obviously Google research and and figure out how to do it, but ask those around you that are already doing it um, because soil is different, not just in every state, but different sections of that state. So find someone that already knows what they're doing, has a successful garden, and get tips from them because they're familiar with the environment, the weather, and the soil. So we'll we'll leave it there for some some food readiness tips and let's move on, guys. All right, let's let's talk about a little uh, some constitutional based stuff and some legal updates. So in North Carolina, back in 2018, a ballot measure was placed and voters overwhelmingly approved it. And the measure was for requiring voter ID. So the citizens said yes, we want voter ID to secure our elections. Um, But it was challenged, and uh, in 2021, there was a ruling that said that that the ballot measure, or Senate Bill 824, was written with, quote, discriminatory intent. So those opposing it said that the, the measure violates the Equal Protection Clause in North Carolina's Constitution, explaining that, quote, no person shall be denied the equal protection of the laws Nor shall any person be subjected to discrimination by the state because of race, color, religion, and national origin. So those opposing basically suggest that um, minorities or those who are not white aren't capable or can't afford um, to get a driver's license or an ID, though the IDs are all free for for voting. Um, Those supporting it said that, quote, the plain language of SB 824 shows no intent to discriminate against any group or individual, and there is no evidence that SB 824 was passed with race in mind, let alone a racially discriminatory intent. The majority relies as it must on a misapplication of relevant case law and on its own inferences to reach a contrary. So the new news here is that the North Carolina Supreme Court upheld that 2021 ruling. Um, and that was like the last, the last more recent attempt to be able to give the voters what they voted for, which would be voter ID requirements. Um, so right now it doesn't look like NC is going to get a, a, a voter ID law in place anytime soon. So moving on, uh, we'll touch a little bit on the first and 10th amendment on a case here. Um, so the owner of a Virginia area restaurant, I believe it's called Gormelt's, um, was raided um, in December, by the state's ABC or Alcohol Beverage Control Agency, um, this was stemmed from violations of mask mandates imposed under the former Democratic Governor Northam um, in 2020. So, in January of 2021, it was determined that the restaurant was not requiring customers or staff to wear masks. Days later, his health permit his is in the, the owner of Gourmet's. Um, his health permit was suspended leading to his license to sell wine, beer, and mixed beverages off-premise was suspended. So over the next year, his uh, appeals and litigations were hurt in court until last month, which would have been around November, um, when appeal opportunities were lost. He was ordered to pay $10,000 in fines and halt the sales of alcohol. He refused, and a search and seizure was executed on December 2nd, which removed alcohol from his restaurant. Um, Two days later, the governor, the new governor, not so new now, but the Republican governor governor who took over from Northam, he said that he is, quote, taking action going forward to end COVID-era draconian overreach, end quote, that occurred under the former Democratic governor. Youngkin then issued Executive Order 23, which is Executive Review of COVID-19 Penalties. Um, In order to, quote, review the disciplinary actions taken against private individuals and businesses and take corrective action. So opponents of the Virginia mask mandate, they say that it violates the U.S. Constitution and it also illegally interpreted the, quote, spending clause and commerce clause. Uh, They further claim that the influence by federal authorities over state operations um, that basically pressure state agencies and then indirectly private businesses to comply with federal guidance Um, violates the 10th Amendment. Furthermore, violations of the First Amendment and the Free Exercise Clause are also cited as opposition against these mask mandates and their enforcement um, as reference in the government um, interfering in this uh, restaurant, the Gormeltz restaurant where, you know, he didn't make people wear masks. He got raided, had his alcohol stolen from his store, um, if you want to use the word stolen, taken from his store for failure to comply. Also in Virginia, at Virginia Tech, a soccer player who filed suit after alleging that she was sidelined and basically uh, lost a lot of privileges for not kneeling during a pre-game Black Lives Matter action. Courts, the U.S. District Court, has said that uh, her case does have merit um, and is based on, quote, genuine issues of material fact, and so the case will be allowed to go forward. All right, let's move into our Second Amendment briefing So the ATF has advised that they will publish that official rule on pistol stabilizer braces in January 2023. So it's coming this month. And again, um, during their notice, they alleged that the device converts a handgun into a short-barreled rifle SBR. Um, Joint status responses will be permitted until February 27th of this year. Over in Texas, some good news. Those 18 years and older can now carry handguns. Um, The Texas Department of Public Safety on December 20th asked the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit to withdraw their appeal. So they had appealed it. uh, They had basically appealed the law that would allow 18-year-olds to carry. um, But now they withdrew that appeal. Back in August of last year of 2022, um, a federal judge struck down a Texas law that had banned 18- to 20-year-olds from obtaining a license to carry, or, you know, the CCW, um, for handguns or from carrying a a handgun openly for self-defense outside their residence. Um, The Firearms Policy Coalition, along with some other plaintiffs, had filed suit calling the law unconstitutional. The judge ruled that the Second Amendment's uh, text As informed by the founding, this is, quote, as informed by the founding era history and tradition, the court concludes that the Second Amendment protects against this prohibition, um, the prohibition of 18 to 20-year-olds carrying a handgun. So now that the ruling is not appealed, all lawful adults in the state will be granted their Second Amendment rights to carry openly um, or concealed. And in Rhode Island... Um, In June of last year, the governor signed the final form of H6614 um, into law, um, and that law was to take effect December 18th. A U.S. District Court ruled on a request for a preliminary injunction to block the infringement of the Second Amendment. Um, The judge found that the plaintiffs failed to convince the court that the law violates the Constitution and that it would cause irreparable harm if allowed to take effect. So H6614 remains in effect. It bans firearm magazines that hold over 10 rounds. It does not include a grandfather clause and provides otherwise lawful citizens only 180 days to surrender their 10-plus round magazines um, or become a felon or sell them. They they can either surrender them or they can sell them to an FFL or citizen out of state. Citizens who do not surrender their magazine will be charged and if convicted shall be punished for up to five years of imprisonment and a fine to $5,000. The bill also includes language that raises the legal age to purchase a firearm or ammunition in Rhode Island from 18 to 21, um, with exceptions, of course, for police, military, things like that. Um, The law also further changes the definition of a rifle and a shotgun, and it prohibits It prohibits the open carry of any loaded rifle or shotgun in public. So Rhode Island will become the uh, 11th state or district to restrict the capacity of magazines. The other ones, if you're following along here, is California, Colorado, Connecticut, D.C., and then I think Hawaii, Maryland, New Jersey, maybe missing, what am I missing? I know Vermont, New York, and Mass, Massachusetts. So there you go. There's your 2A roundup. All right, so let's move into our national security and our crime briefing. Uh, Let's first start um, in Illinois. So the SAFE-T Act, the Safety Act, came into effect this month, January 1st. However, the Illinois Supreme Court has accepted an emergency motion for supervisory order and has issued a stay of uh, implementation of the Pretrial Fairness Act, which is a component of that Safety Act. Um, If you are familiar with the Pretrial Fairness Act, you'll know it's that cashless bond system they were trying to do. So if the Pretrial Fairness measure was allowed to go into effect, it would remove the practice of setting bail and detaining offenders of violent crimes. So those that committed second-degree murder, aggravated battery, drug-induced homicide, kidnapping, burglary, robbery, intimidation, Aggravated DWIs or DUIs, um, aggravated fleeing and eluding, um, certain drug offenses, and threatening public officials. Um, anyone that did any of that would have the removal of setting bond, meaning they wouldn't. They wouldn't. I should say setting bail, uh, meaning they they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to be put in jail. Like they would be charged there on scene and released. So you you kill someone with a second degree charge. Uh, you don't even get to get to go to jail for the night. You know, you're just instantly released, cashless bail. Uh, moving on, a Department of Homeland Security internal notice, which was dated on December 31st, warned, "quote Al Qaeda says upcoming attacks on U.S., possibly involving planes, will use new techniques and tactics." end quote So the Air Marshal National Council, this is the Federal Air Marshals, um, they responded to the Biden administration's recent assignment of Federal Air Marshals from airplanes to the border to help process illegal immigrants. Um, Their letter said that we, this is quote, we are once again requesting you immediately stop these dangerous and unnecessary deployments and let air FAMs or Federal Air Marshals do what the American taxpayers pay them to do, protect and defend their transportation system. We have major security incidents happening right now affecting our aviation security. So there, there's been an uptick in uh, um, radical Islamic terrorism um, since that botched withdrawal in Afghanistan. Um, security analysts warned at the time, quote, having an entire country uh, um, operate as a safe haven will give al-Qaeda more physical space and more breathing space to reconstitute And go back to planning major events so I think the US withdrawal itself is a large part of that threat so uh, just just a fair warning this DHS advisory is based on unconfirmed insider sources which have not been independently verified by us here at the GBC we've got this intel from Judicial Watch um, so just keep an eye on it as far as the the actual warning about uh, upcoming attacks via planes or involving planes so if you recall, the White House had uh, asked the Supreme Court to end Title 42 on December 27th. This is this is uh, not happening. Um, the Supreme Court has temporarily denied the Biden admin's request to end Title 42 um, until at least uh, around mid-February, when it will hear arguments from Republicans requesting the Trump-era measure remain in place to help curb. Um, the increased number of illegal immigrants crossing the border. So authorities in border states are unprepared to manage the influx of illegal immigrants expected to uh, invade if Title 42 ends. And the Federal Air Marshals uh, will mention them again because they're threatening to ignore orders to to go to the border. There's plans right now that Fort Bliss will um, begin processing uh, immigrants, So it'll be a facility there at Fort Bliss. A lot's been going on at the border. You don't hear a lot about it on TV. Um, but if you are near or affected by um, the border security crisis, it definitely would, would benefit you to stay up to date more than just the, the information we're giving you here because things are not... Not sweet right now at the border. We'll end with this here as far as um, our crime and national security briefing goes. President Putin announced the upcoming deployment readiness posture of the Satan 2 or the RS-28 Sarmat. It's an intercontinental ballistic missile. Um, Russia claims the weapon is quote capable of overcoming all modern means of anti-missile defense. Um, additionally, the Russian uh, defense minister released plans to increase the country's armed forces by 30% from its alleged. Uh, 1.15 million to up to 1.5 million soldiers and uh, we'll touch briefly on two little topics here COVID-19 related since we had all that going on with Southwest Airlines thought would give you a reminder of the airline industry um, during the COVID-19 era in 2021 Delta Airlines imposed a monthly $200 health insurance premium for those uh, employees that were unvaccinated they had to pay an extra $200 a month to remain employed Um, United Airlines um, put even more unvaccinated employees who have requested exemptions on temporary unpaid leave. Um, American Airlines has taken a a more passive approach, simply urging vaccination for their employees. Southwest Airlines had planned to fire all unvaccinated employees. They fired many, but days before that December deadline, I believe it was in 2021, um, they decided not to fire those who had filed for exemptions. Um, Last year, Southwest um, Airlines Pilots Association, a pilot's union, filed a lawsuit against Southwest Airlines to fight against the forced vaccinations. Um, The FFA blamed weather and ATC or air traffic controller shortages on the cancellations that uh, plagued travelers back in October and December of 2022, Um, even though it it was still the same thing that happened this time, it's the the sort of software and, and system that That point to point system that they use. Um, But at least last year, they were able to push it off on people not wanting to get vaccinated that worked for them. New CDC data shows that among those with COVID 19 vaccinations, those who have received a booster are increasingly more likely to become a COVID 19 metric. So at 18 states, those with boosters either account for more cases, more hospitalizations, or more deaths than the regularly vaccinated, those that are vaccinated with COVID-19 but don't have any boosters. In seven states, um, the boosted accounted for all three major metrics, meaning in seven states, those that were boosted accounted for more COVID-19 cases, more hospitalizations, and more deaths than the vaccinated. All right, we are going to end today with our government oversight, government overreach briefing. Uh, Vice President, Harris warned that she is concerned, quote, concerned with social media outlets uh, due to her claim that the outlets or SMOs are being used to share, quote, intentional disinformation and misinformation targeting specific demographics to take advantage of what might be pre-existing disparities and skepticism about the role and importance of government, End quote. So VP Harris, she explained her intent to require social media to comply with the federal government's attempts to control the narrative saying, quote, I fully expect And would require the leaders in that sector, social media, to cooperate and work with us who are so concerned or who are concerned about national security, um, concerned about upholding and protecting our democracy, to do everything in their power to ensure that there is not manipulation that is allowed or overlooked. That is done with the intention of upending the security of our democracy and our nation. Moving on, the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, reported that it will, quote, delay by a year implementation of the 1099K changes, end quote. So, if you you recall the whole $600 transaction thing that we've covered before, um, this is what we're talking about here. The 1099K changes are when there's transactions over $600. Uh, The government wanted it reported via 1099, so this was going to affect Uber drivers, DoorDash, PayPal, Venmo, uh, those online payment systems. Uh, This comes after months of viral outcries opposing the rule. The IRS said that the additional time will help reduce confusion during the coming 2023 tax filing time. All right, so let's bounce back to uh, social media since we were giving a rundown of the vice president's concerns. So between October 2019 and February 2021, the FBI paid Twitter $3.4 million for, quote, cost and expenses associated with their Twitter's response to legal process for complying with legal requests and a standard procedure. The FBI further defended their collusion with social media outlets, saying that the request to censor and suspend social accounts are part of a, quote, traditional, longstanding, and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements, which involve numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. As evidenced in the correspondence, the FBI provides critical information to the private sector in an effort to allow them to protect themselves and their customers." End quote. So this response comes after the Twitter files, information drops that show emails and correspondence between the FBI and Twitter with multiple instances of the FBI providing account names. Like they would list this account name, this account name, you know, this social media account name. They give it straight to Twitter and they would ask Twitter or other social media outlets to take action on those accounts due to possible policy violation. So basically they were given a heads up like, ah, oh, this might violate your policy, so we suggest you take action. So the FBI denied requiring action be taken on an account saying that they are, quote, providing it so that they, Twitter, Twitter, can take whatever action they deem appropriate under their terms of service to protect their platform and protect their customers, and we never direct or ask them to take action. Moving on, California and Illinois have introduced legislation that would prohibit their state's law enforcement agencies from pursuing criminal or civil action against a person accused of violating another state's laws regarding gender-affirming care for youth. Um, So if this legislation is passed in these two states, if a healthcare provider mutilates uh, the chest, breast, or genitalia of a juvenile and a valid arrest warrant is issued by another state where it's not legal to do these gender-affirming surgeries, and then that health care provider goes back to California or Illinois, the local police in those two states can't assist the outside state in serving that search warrant or extraditing that suspect. Uh, moving on, so a very underreported story here is the the Roland J. Brunson versus Alma S. Adams et al, docket number 22-380. So, it's been placed on the U.S. Supreme Court's docket, marked for January 6th of this month, this year. The civil suit lists defendants as Vice President Pence, Vice President Harris, President Biden, and about 385 members of Congress, alleging that they violated their oath of office by voting against a proposition Basically, it's saying that these individuals did not want to investigate the 2020 election fraud claims. So it's not that that they're upset with the outcome of the election, they're upset that uh, the people requested investigations and audits and things, uh, but these government officials denied that investigation um and this is one of those cases that was never expected to go anywhere near the supreme court but here it is on january 6th uh, marked on the docket it was marked on november 30th it was scheduled for conference petitioners advised that these are the petitioners they advised that nine justices this is quote nine justices will meet on january 6 2023 to discuss the case and decide by vote if they want to move it into a hearing where they will officially judge the case and decide by vote if defendant should be removed from office. So um, this this claim, this lawsuit, it's actually, quote, calling for the, quote, possible removal of a sitting president and vice president of the United States, along with members of, US, of the United States Congress, while deeming them unfit from ever holding office under the federal, state, county, or local governments found within the United States of America. So we'll see where this goes. I wouldn't expect it to go very far, but at least it's, it's a, a pretty major challenge that's made it um, to the docket on Supreme Court. All right, let's talk about curfews. So the, the enactment of curfews across the nation is becoming more commonplace. Gun violence, crime, national disaster, um, they're often cited as that justification for halting the, the free movement travel of citizens. So here recently the city of Eudora, Arkansas, has declared a mandatory civil emergency curfew. Citizens are no longer permitted to travel freely between 8 p.m. and 6 a.m., and they're subject to stop and frisks. Officials claim an increase in crime, such as breaking innings, murders, and shootings, um, as justification for this new curfew. The mayor said that, quote, "...my decision was not to violate the rights of any people. We don't want anyone's life to be taken. This is home, and if we can't be safe at home, what are we doing? This has to stop. We need a resolution." Quote. The chief of police said, quote, people are losing their lives, innocent kids being hit by bullets, and it's kids that are doing it. Until we get justice for that, and until we get justice for people whose homes have been violated, we are not going to rest, quote. Um So here it was mentioned that, you know, kids are the ones doing it. A lot of these curfews you see um, just applying to juveniles. Well, not here in Eudora, um, no matter who you are, you are banned from walking free about your city and town um, because other people are committing crimes. Um, and This isn't the only place, this is happening everywhere. Uh, we we tracked 75 plus different specific cities that have already done this in the past year. So, for example, I'll, I'll list a couple here. In Tampa, Florida, there's curfews because of hurricanes and it applied to all citizens. In Fayetteville, North Carolina, there was curfews because of crime and it was applied to all citizens. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, curfews because of crime, but it was only applied to juveniles. Um, In Chicago, Illinois, it was curfews enacted because of crime and only applied to juveniles. In Moore County, North Carolina, um, there's a grid attack um, and a curfew was applied to all citizens. In Charlotte, North Carolina, um, hurricane-related Um, and it was applied to all citizens. In Louisville, it was because of gun violence and the curfew applied to all citizens. In Blakely, uh, Georgia, it was again cited because of gun violence and applied to all citizens. All citizens were banned from moving freely at certain times at night. In Prince George County, it was curfew was applied because of crime, but only to juveniles. In miami beach florida um, nothing had happened but they anticipated crime due to spring break so they applied a curfew in advance and it was applied to all citizens in petersburg virginia um, because of crime a curfew was enacted and only applied the juveniles in brookhaven mississippi a curfew was applied because of crime but only the juveniles. so a lot of these cases it's only juveniles many of the places it's just everybody the courts generally have subjected curfews to strict scrutiny but they seemingly always allow them to be enacted and upheld if they're narrowly tailored to serve as a compelling government interest um, or and, or if there's an exception for first amendment protected, protected activity. So if there's protest planned, then that gets an exemption from the, the curfew, basically. So historically, the courts permit curfews. They permit these curfews that halt citizens' movement of free travel. Curfews inherently punish others for actions of a few or anticipates crime or citizen's behavior. So yeah, perfuse are happening more and more We briefly touched on the travel ban in Buffalo. Now you've got climate lockdowns well underway. You can look up Oxfordshire UK. Probably the best thing to read on Oxfordshire UK is the uh, all the fact checkers calling it fake. Just, just read what they say about it and when you make your decision, um but between curfews and travel bans and climate lockdowns and other mandates government oversight is important and that's why we try to at least touch on it here i wanted to end with two final notes going back towards the the supply chain brief i didn't mention it there so i'll tell you now antibiotics antivirals um, pediatric cold and flu medications things like uh, children's tylenol tamiflu um, they remain in short supply across the nation it's not because like there's, they're not being made as fast as they used to be. It's just the demand has gone up for it. So either people are getting them when they don't need it or something happened in the past couple of years that caused more people to get sick and more people are needing it. And finally, finally, the Egg Industry Center, the U.S. Egg Cost and Production Price Report um, that was released in 2022 near the end of the year. It shows egg producer costs are up 266% from the same time um, in 2021 and from November to december of last year egg prices for consumers increased another 2.3 percent in one month alone however if you go to your, your your grocery store right now you're going to see that egg prices are four dollars a dozen to eight dollars a dozen what was it july 2021 the nationwide egg price for a dozen was a dollar 64 and now we're looking at uh, almost eight dollars that's it. That's, that's the, uh, the recap. We did two weeks for you this on this podcast. Wes here from Super SE reading out the Gray Man Brief for you. Take care.
1: So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimate survival tips dot com, or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimate survival tips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.